What's going on, everyone, and welcome to another week of Carbonate Bounty BS. Me and the nerds here. How's everyone doing? What's up? What's up? What's up? Terrific. How you doing? Yeah. Hey, great, man. And, uh, you know, it's as I, you know, get redundantly saying, another great episode, it seems, of Andor <laughs> once again, right? I, I don't remember us. You I, know, I think even that's the sixth time you said that in a row. How many times have we said that for like a a, a Star Wars series? Much less series. I say we've never done this, so I don't know. Everybody is entitled to their own opinions. We'll get to, but uh, I I don't see where the negativity comes from this at all. But you know, what 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 a start to a show. What a great, yeah, this is a T-Mitch out of T-Mitch for sure. Series. (laughs) (laughs) This is a Ken out of Ken. This is definitely a T-Mitch out of T-Mitch. Kathleen Kennedy, please add me to the payroll. Um, before we get into this stuff, let's let DP let you guys know where to find us. Nerdsidecopedia.com, people. You will find all our links to your favorite social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and also on TikTok. We're on TikTok now. All right. Mm. Um, make sure that you are um, listening to our podcast. We are on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Boo, uh, Boo Play, <laughs> Google Play, <laughs> and also Boo Stitcher. <laughs> What is that? Hey, team Mitch, why don't you take over? Why don't you take over letting them know uh, where to find us for this one, for the rest of this yeah. one? Because I think I think you might be to come back from that. Yeah. Buble. He doesn't come out for another month. Michael Buble. Yeah. Oh wow. man. Okay. Way to play that, Kirkin. This is a family show. Yeah. All right. Family all right, show. All right. All right. If you are watching us on YouTube, make sure that you're hitting that subscribe button and also hitting that notification button. So anytime that we're on, you know that we're on. We're on Facebook. Thank you for watching us there. Um, join our Facebook group. We're at Carbonat Bonnie BS, the Star Wars group. You know, we're there. Um, leave us some feedback, nurse at nurse.com. We love getting your feedback and we love, you know, getting all your emails and stuff and commenting and responding. So there you go. What a save. What a save, DP. Joys, the joys of live TV, right? Gotta love it. Who <laughs> um, play? Right? Let me stop. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, since you, since you have the hot hand right now, we'll let you start with your initial reaction to episode seven. Uh, how, what were you thinking? Did I let you guys ever know that I do hate the Empire? You know, so that's like right off the bat there. You know, um, the more I watch, you know, the more the more you guys in in um ingratiate me. Is that the right word? You know. Yes. indoctrinate me or whatever you know into like you know star wars lore and everything and the more um we see like you know the evil empire it was like it was like a comedy thing a meme thing type okay you know an evil empire and everything oh they they were just like you know just this this thing and everything now we're seeing like ever since like um watching like you know episode one and everything seeing like the politics and everything that's involved with like the empire we're seeing like little stuff just add up over time from like well, rebels to like um clone wars to like this show we're seeing all the intricacies of things that the empire does to 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 claim their power to to keep the people you know where they are to um you know indoctrinate them to um you know make them <laughs> to, to 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 um what I want to call it uh to, to, to do a patriarch on, on, on the people and stuff it's like just crazy you know, this episode was fantastic. It was it was a really good episode. Um, didn't have a lot of action, but didn't 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 really need you know action and stuff. We seen like you know a beach scene, 
you know, a beach scene, you know, um, um, with like, you know, whole city and everything. I'm like, okay, I want to visit there. You know, that looks like, you know, a, a, a way to get a, a place to get away to. Um, and, you know, he ends up getting like caught for no reason, you know, for what, you know, I, I love that whole scenario. Um, I love like the, the meeting, the, um, the, the party that, you know, Mom Mothma was, you know, um, you know, at and all that stuff. Um, it, it was just, it's just so much like, I love the IBS scene. That was just like, yeah, that was, that was like, you know, hardcore right there. You know, there, the, the, the empire is getting, oh, mentioned the Palpatine. So we got a Palpatine reference. I was loving that. I'm like, oh man, y'all just like feed my soul as far as this. So it was a, <laughs> it was some good stuff. And I was, I was, I was just loving it. Yeah. What about you, Hitch? I mean, the IBS of it all is really something else. Uh, so the ISB is. Uh, <laughs> I <said> IBS. <laughs> yeah, he said so IBS is one of the, hey, the greatest episodes of the show. But I'm glad you did Steel City because <sighs> DP. Is I mean, this awful. IBS is just erupting at the worst possible time. You know, yeah. you can never get a handle on it when you have the IBS. Sometimes yeah. things cut, things catch you from behind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so I really love this episode. And I think I think what's great is that we see the consequences here. And and, and that's something that's sometimes devoid of the uh you know uh the old westerny trope, the train robbery trope, the heist trope, <clears throat> is you don't see what happens to people, you know what I mean? It's just kind of oh well they got away with it, great. And here we see the fallout. I mean, th there is definite fallout from one what, what and what Andor uh and the rest of this team have done. The Empire is tightening its grip. And the Empire is using this as a pretext to in, in sort of incorporate new uh, oppressive measures to keep the population under control. And it's interesting to see how this has moved up Palpatine's time frame. I, I think we can clearly see the Sith plan was to just keep everyone pretty quiet long enough to build the super weapon and then deploy the super weapon. And then it doesn't really matter what anyone tries to do. They'll never be able to take you out of power. Uh the rebellion here is seen as turning the time up on that. They're, they're, they're hurrying the empire and making the empire make mistakes. Uh, it's interesting because the empire creates a pretext for the oppression. Uh, it's crazy to watch them do this. And it's something that should be illustrative to us in, uh, in this timeline, because this is the sort of thing that, um, you know, certain regimes that want to be autocratic do. Uh, it's something that was done in Nazi Germany with the Reichstag fire. It's something that, you know, we saw, I think, that was tried to be done in 2021 in the United States. It's something that happens across the world when uh, a strong man takes power. And then all of a sudden, if you create a situation where there is unrest in the streets and the answer that unrest is the strong man, that's how you get more uh, restrictive measures. And in a lot of ways, that's that's kind of how Palpatine came into power. But, you know, there's protection, security, safety. Right. You know, there's this um, there's this this old story that says that, uh, you know, when uh, when Kennedy was elected president, uh, or maybe they say Khrushchev or whatever. It's probably apocryphal. They said that there's there were two notes in the president's desk and the president opened the first note and he got into a jam. He said he got in a jam. He couldn't get out of He opened up the first note from the previous president and said, blame everything on me. And so he did it and it worked. Right. Uh, and then uh, the second time it came up, there was a second note from the previous president. He opened it up and it said, you know, resign and write two notes, right? You know, that's, that's pretty much what you can do. And when you've been running everything for 13 years, there's not a lot of scapegoats left. Um, 
so we see the empire have to resort to these uh, oppressive methods to maintain order. And like I said, rebellions cost money. Revolutions cost money. This is not, you know, pure avarice that's got these people stealing this payroll. It's something more than that. And, you know, putting a finger in the eye of the emperor here is a big deal thing. It's, uh, you know, you wound the lion, then everyone comes in for the kill. So I really, really like this episode a lot. What about you, Ken? Yeah, for me, best one so far. Uh, what I liked about it was the in, the intensity that the rebellion was picking up with. I mean, there was a lot of uh, energy there. I mean, you could tell that things were really ramping up. Mon Mothma was trying to enlist help from places that maybe didn't expect her to reach out to them. Uh, her school friend, you know, someone that she had grown up with who had rose to power in some dignity and had uh you know a place in um you know the council now is being asked to um you know go against everything go against everything and and for no reason and had to keep everything quiet she's actually turning her family out of the out of the uh the picture i mean you she can't trust her husband she can't trust her daughter so she's you really seeing her as the i don't know the big the big power and you see how she becomes mon mothma that general that we know of as in in rogue one which thank disney because they remind me to watch rogue one every time i watch an episode of ander which is which i do because i'm i'm obedient and i i and i watch yeah. that opening yeah. 15 20 minutes and i'm like yeah this this really makes sense this really, I understand how things are going to go and how Cassian is really going to be going to become this rebel intelligence officer. Ken, the media does that to you. They, they, that's how they, you know, get you to tag on to this next thing. 100%. So we see him at the end given a six year imperial sentence, but in five years, he becomes a rebel intelligence officer. So I'm super anxious to see how that happens. Like, does he get, does he get KSTO five O to break him out? Because we see him introduced at the end. I mean, this episode really had a lot of uh, hinges to it. A lot of moving parts, a lot of things you really had to pay attention to. Plus that corporate police officer. I mean, he's now, you know, a, uh, you know, a pencil pusher. He's yeah. a pencil pusher in the empire. Now, now he's got access to everything. He has access to every piece of data that the empire has. And what is he going to do with that? I mean, that's that's intense. Plus, best soundtrack, best music that I have sensed now since up until this point. I mean, the the music at the beach scene, the music. You know, the, you know, even the background music when, um, you know, uh, Claire finally met up with, uh, uh, what's her name at the, in the, uh, in, you know, the depths of course and to Avril. Was it Avril. Name? Yeah. Uh, and what a change of costume and presence there too. Now she's a, a leader. Yeah. Now, you know, that she's going to be someone that we're going to see next in the rebellion. 
I mean, not to mention the the ISB scene, you know, where don't be the tattletale because you will get busted every single time if you try and tell on somebody because it'll get turned around on you 100%. Marva has a great skill factor that the Empire is now going to use and she's going to be the next level of security for the Empire. And I think she's going to be real important in, in maintaining balance between the Empire and the and the Emperor plus taking on this rebellion so we're gonna see a lot of her for sure but this is a great episode it had a lot of great like i said moving parts a lot of a lot of gears turning here and where's tarkin like where where is he at in this whole thing like come on i keep i keep wanting to see a a sneak of moff tarkin somewhere but they're holding out they're holding out on us <laughs> your namesake for sure for sure and i mean i echo what all you guys say as well i mean i i just think you know i said it offline like man this is a we'll call it a team mitch out of team mitch i mean this is getting ridiculous with these like these episodes right i mean we're now relatively seven hours into a series and it hasn't missed a beat for me i mean that's that's to say something i mean with the writers on this show with, you know, Filoni, Disney, I mean, regardless of how you feel, Kathleen Kennedy has to get credit for this. I mean, there's been a lot to be said for the Star Wars series, and this one is hitting on all all cylinders, it seems like. I mean, um, it's really what I ask for, you know, in a post-Jedi you know Jedi series, in, in a way, and, and I like how they're kind of still walking that line between, you know, we got the Palpatine references, we don't have any Jedi references yet, or any Force references, so I like that line we're walking, and we're still keeping that gritty rebel, uh, rebellion type, you know, feel, that Western feel, that always we wanted. I know Hitch talked about more of the um, space, and more of the rebellion uh, squadron, rogue squadron type things. If they can deliver something like this into a space type rogue squadron, I'd be all on board for them to, to re- um, reboot that and maybe give it another shot because i mean this has been yeah this has been seven hours of gold you know we talk about movies i mean is this the new way you know we talk about is this the way like really is this the way i mean we're seven hours into a movie in a sense and i i don't remember a movie being this you know this good this long i think you're seeing like um well with with the the, the hindsight i guess the benefit of having role one you know is like a lead up to all this they, they're getting the benefit of, of us actually watching things happen in, I guess, real time. If you, if you want to call it like that, we're seeing like things happen where we know there's escalation. There has to be escalation because we know it. there's an end point. You know, there, we know that there's going to be, you know, roll one happening and stuff. So things are happening in succession. Things are just we know things. <laughs> so we, we get the benefit of, of that because versus us not knowing anything. I don't know how we will react to any of this. I think probably the same way, probably even more just excited of what's, what's going to happen next. But knowing that we, we know how things are going to end up, um, it makes our anticipation for, you know, what these characters are going to go through that much more and stuff. Um, I was just like, wow, they're really going there as far as like how um, it, essentially they, they, they just took Andor and made him a prisoner lied on him straight up you know mm -hmm. oh what are you doing you do it you did you, you you're you're hanging around here you're you're doing you're this part whole, of it you're, you're part, part of it. it 
heart. You you get you just get just just kept you know some fake you know fascist stuff right there. Just kept framing and you know he's like, what I'm I'm doing? I'm not doing. I'm just walking around and stuff. Um, and you know putting them putting them in and giving them six years. What? Come on now. I mean, what's like what Hit says? They're 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 grasping at not grasping at straws, but they're tightening you know tightening that belt. You know because. Someone has a foresight, Palpatine, to see something's coming. Something, you know, so let's so so something's you know bubbling under the surface and everything, but we don't want to get it to a point where it bubbles and ruins everything. So let's nip this thing in the bug. It's the, the big thing about nipping, you know, nipping things in the bud now before it gets too big. Palpatine, the genius that he is, is running things, and we're seeing we don't have to see him to know that this is all him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they know right now that the rebels have technology, imperial technology in their grasp that will get to their their end, you know, whatever that is. They don't know what it is. They don't know about the the, the planet killer yet. That's mm-hmm. that's yet to come, but they have a way to get into the Empire's security string. They have a way to get in there and hear everything. Uh, like they're they're listening to it now. They're listening to the imperial uh, dialogue that's telling them, "Hey, this happened on this planet. There's this this many insurgents. These many people have been killed. This is how many people are being interrogated. They already have access to all this internal in- information. So now it's just a matter of waiting to the right moment and hearing the right, you know, phrase or code or whatever they're looking for, and that's it." They're just looking for a weakness. They're just looking for some way to get into the empire and and knock it out. And they're being very, 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 very subtle and careful and tactful about it. So that's that's the real thing. That's why this Marva, this this uh, supervisor, this Imperial Navy supervisor, has basically has it figured out. She knows how how to find them and and make sure the rebels can't get into the system so i wonder how that's going to play out like what did she what did what what did the what did what did her boss say watch your back because now she's a very viable target you know she's someone that everyone's going to be looking to like take out because she's found a place for herself she might even be she might even be saying you you're in danger now not from the empire but from the rebels Right. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting to see that. I mean, it, it was very interesting to see Mon Mothra's reaction to um, an isolated attack that obviously she wasn't aware of, which is super, super, that was really shocking to me. I thought that she understood where the money was going to fund the beginning of the rebellion, but she was in utter, like, disbelief that the heist happened and, you know, they had some kind of funds and, like, to understand the stakes of, you know, Maybe she didn't know because we're seeing that maybe she didn't have any idea based on her reaction that, um, yeah, this is a rebellion. Um, there will be lives lost. There will be a lot of casualties, you know, yeah, as is in the war. Yeah. Are you built for this? Yeah. Basically, mm-hmm. he asked her that. And I don't know if she is. I mean, she's really shook at this point. And, and keep in mind, mm-hmm. she has to go immediately to this dinner and put on a face and now scramble to find money. Right. I mean, 
the first part of the tactical plan has been laid out. The rebellion essentially is started as as they alluded to. Um, and now it looks like they have pieces in place. They have people on Coruscant. Um, interesting about the Cassian piece about um, putting a hit on him already, and he's a loose end. So, I mean, that maybe yeah. that'll be the payoff will be her pay, belling him or breaking him out of jail potentially. Um, that seems to be the payoff there because obviously she's going looking for him. Um, and yeah, as you, as you said, interesting to see what what Cyril finds at his new job. I mean, he has access to all data. I thought that they would flash on the screen that they captured, or or I don't know, based on some kind of data log, he'll find out that you know prisoner seven seven nine four zero two is like Cassie and Andor or something. So interesting to see what he's actually digging for or what he finds. He knows his like picture. He knows what his face looks like because he's been staring at that picture over and over and over and over and over and over. So if you saw, you know, like if I, if I'll tell you this, if I got fired from a job and it was somebody's fault, I would remember, I would like know their face. And if I saw him in Walmart, I'd at least like be like, Oh, that's that guy that got me fired. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I feel like that that's fair that he would remember that dude. I'm sure he does a data search at some point, which would be interesting. I mean, this guy's like, it's almost like a fetish, right? For him. He, he can't let it go. I mean, he, he wants his record expunged. Maybe he gets back into the. He has a vendetta. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. he gets back into the empire. This is his way back in. By you know or, solving the puzzle. Or does he go the other way with it? Does he see how? Because it wasn't just Cassian that that wronged him. It was it was really the empire and its its thirst and hunger to take over everything. You know the power. Because I mean, think about it. He was a corporate policeman doing his job. And what messed up his day? I mean, really, it was the the Empire coming in and like telling him he was a he was a complete idiot. He he messed this whole thing up. Your detail was, uh, you know, uh, you know, compromised. It wasn't necessarily because of Cassian, but it was because the Empire came in and thought that this was a way that they could get a dig and get rid of the corporate infrastructure. Because that's ultimately what they want to do, right? right? I mean, they ultimately want to have all control, and this was an easy way that could, they could get in, knock out the the local, um, the local uh, governors, as Tarkin right. said, and now have control over the the whole system, the whole planet. And this was easy, so maybe he sees that at some point and understands that maybe Cassian wasn't the real problem. The real problem was the empire. I'm just saying. I'm being a. Yeah, no, that's not being. A it's his uncle is also an interesting character as well that they're alluding to. They keep mentioning him, so he has to have right. some part in the story. Yep. And who is he? Do we know? Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. An interesting payoff. It'd be real interesting to see a little bit more of Mamantina's background on and how her mo- what her motivations were. I, I, I we're we're at the point where you know she's she's a believer, but you know we're trying to figure out if, she, if she's built for this and everything. I mean, eventually we see that she is. Um, but how does she get to that point? How does she yeah. get to the point where she you know sacrifices her family? What what triggered mm-hmm. her or what was the turning point where she said okay? I don't care anymore. You know, um, I, I, I see the empire for what it really is and what, what is manifesting and what they're trying to do. And I'm going to dedicate my life, you know, to taking them down, even if it um, costs me my family and everything, because, you know, she, she, she has, she, she, 
and I think it's a combination of her not really having a great relationship with her family and stuff mm-hmm. that may play a part in it, in it as well. But still, that's yeah. like family. But um, I, I'm I'm a, I'm really invested in her story and how she just let herself turn turn herself over into you know this cause you know into this rebellion and how she just you know just goes so full force and stuff. So um, I'm very deeply interested in that. Cassie and obviously you know he he has his his stuff and everything. The scene with him and his mom, uh, what was her name? Um, Marva. Marva, yeah, the, the the scene with him and her not wanting to um, leave, you know, <laughs> because she 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 she's not knowing that you know Cassie was part of that you know uh, the, the the heist and all that stuff, you know, but she's inspired by something. And the ironic thing is that you know the person that 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 they helped out with it is right in front of her face, and he can't really say anything, you know. And she, you know, you know, DP, you know, it's interesting about that. I I think she knows. The kind of way she went into like unlimited money, yeah. it was like weird when she was like, you know what, I'm just gonna stay. I think she knows. Mm. She may not know he's yeah. part of it. He's a rebellion, but I think she knows he stole the money. Mm. She has to know because he's she's so super intelligent. Yeah, yeah, super intelligent, and she saw the passion in him when when she found him as a child. I mean this this kid was like trying to destroy this entire battleship by himself. I mean he was gonna take yeah. down this entire. Yeah whatever you know first order you know new republic ship that came down and like killed his family he was going to take them out she saw that passion she's got to know she's got to know in some way that he's involved yeah how about the bombshell that he said her, her his sister died i mean i don't know if she's just saying that so he stopped looking or if she really went back to the to the planet to to maybe help and and gather more sister. Yeah, she's showing up. We'll see her soon. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Four episodes, four episodes, eight, nine, like it's like eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, right? Five episodes. And here's how many episodes until she shows up. Four. And here's how many episodes until they explain where she's been. Five. I can tell you that right now. That's exactly how they're going to do it. I always tee that up for Hitch, man. You know, because yeah. you, you mentioned you, you fired a gun, man. Or you introduce the gun, right? Okay, you right. introduce the gun. It's got to fire. You show it, if you show it, if I go, hey, <laughs> check out this gun, guys. One of us is getting shot, right? Now, it'll be a crazy shot because you're not, you know, you're not here. So I guess really I'd be the only, I'd be, I'd be in trouble. <laughs> My process elimination, right? Uh, so, yeah, you got to be careful in a, in a fictional story to, to not introduce things that you're right. not going to use. Yeah, she, no. she's showing up at some point. I For think sure. this was the second or third time they mentioned her. Yeah, they keep bringing her up. So that was the whole catalyst of his initial, you know, encounter with the whole corporate uh, hierarchy. You know, one thing that's interesting is how obviously, like 13 years ago, like the empire had to show up and assert control, and they tried to do things like through subsidiary ownership or through subsidiary governance, and they found that that has not been working to their liking. Uh, there, are people have been having too much freedom, and it's time for the policemen to beat them. And that's how the empire wants it. And I think, and I think that's probably going to be bad for the empire because uh, as Lutheran said, uh, this is going to awaken people to the fact that the empire is an oppressive autocracy right. mm-hmm. and cause them no longer to, you know, sit on their asses. Well, act out of fear. Never, you know, never forget if, if you know, if every kingdom's a robbery, a tyranny is a, is an armed, 
you know, smash or grab. It's extortion. So it takes people sometimes time to think to themselves that it's worth the cost of throwing off the extortion. Uh, makes sense in a lot of circumstances. You know, the whole uh, I, that's probably the Owen Lars uh, philosophy, right? It's not worth the uh, the hassle to get involved. Yeah. On some yeah. damn fool idealistic crusade. I know that's Obi-Wan said that. yeah, The payout isn't enough. Like you're not gonna get what you get back. The the uh mm-hmm. the the return is not enough for you to risk everything. I mean everything because you think a rebellion, I mean, to do that, you gotta you have to risk everything. You have to get rid of your family, you have to get rid yeah. of your belongings, you have yeah. to basically throw it all out there. And because that's what it is. And that's what they keep saying. You know, people are going to die. There's going to be loss. Yes. It's a fact. Yes. Don't, yes. don't think that this is all going to be pretty. Yeah. Because that's, that's what they're, that's what they're saying. They're, you, okay. So now Cassian has a death, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, he's a target. Right. They have to take him out because they don't really know where he's at. Where is his head at? But they have to take him out because, for all they know, he's going right to the Empire and he's telling them everything. Mm-hmm. But loose ends, you know, loose ends. You have to tie up your loose ends if you're going to have a successful rebellion and take down a, a a government. You can't have people just running around like who aren't with you. If you're not with us, you're against us. I mean, and you're right. Right there is against them because he yeah. left. You know, when being a revolutionary became a professional thing uh, in the like latter half of the 19th century, this whole idea of operational security and ruthlessness and ruthlessness and governance really took hold of those guys. And you can see how they act, especially in the Russian Revolution. You know, Lenin's the type of person that will break whatever word he has and do undo any moral he has to just to keep his neck, you know, attaching his head to his body. Uh, he'd rather win and deal with the fallout than lose and be dead. Which, hey, you know, if you're going to start a rebellion, if you're, if you're going to start a revolution, you know, the purpose isn't to die. It's not to lose. It's to win and, and experience the world you're creating. So, you know, it, it's, it's interesting to see them explore these ideas of, uh, you know, political unrest and to see how they're being, they're being in, you know, very, they're tying it pretty closely to reality. I mean, you've got this guy talking about, you know, uh, the empire will change after we strike at them. And Andor last episode saying, you've got one thing wrong. Nothing's going to change if you do this. Right. Mm. And Andor is wrong. And this whole episode, you know, dealing with the consequences of the heist is just showing how wrong Andor was, you know, Cassian thought he could kick the hornet's nest and just walk away. Right. I mean, yeah. Aware or not, you know, forces are closing are closing in on Cassian, and, and and ultimately, you know, he's he's already in the grasp of of he's already in their grasp now before they even catch up to him. Yeah. So you know, how often well, do have, when you watch the first forty eight are they like he was already in in jail? <laughs> like when they go to, when they finally go to question yeah. the person, they think it's like hey, it was already incarcerated. Nothing's going to be pretty. Nothing's going to be pretty yeah. under these circumstances because there's a lot of there's a lot of tension, and you and all these all these different um civilizations and people how are they going to react to this because everyone's going to have well what's in it for me i mean that's the big 
that's the big thing. And that's why the empire fails because they don't give everyone the whiff them. They don't give everyone the, you know, they don't sell it to everybody. And you can't keep doing that. You can't keep stomping your boots around, stomping on necks and heads and expect the entire populace to just fall in line. There's going to be this, this rebellion. There's going to be, you know, like the huts and there's going to be gangsters and there's going to be these different groups that are going to say, you know what, we're going to do things this way. And we have enough muscle and strength and money to control our piece of the puzzle. And right. you're, you're never going to get to us. Like did Emperor Palpatine ever get to job of the hut? No, not a single lick. There was no imperial presence on Tatooine. Not, not a, not a stitch. Right? Am I right? I think right. I'm up to episode even, even, even more in a macro sense. Um, people are going to look at what happened with Andor, you know, and if it just keeps escalating and happening to a lot of people, those things aren't right. You know, right. I mean, this people are going to have the sense of right and wrong, and you know. Like Luther said, you know, it's things like this that wakes people up and make and like, you know, Hitch said it, it gets them it gets them going and, you know, either wanting to be a part, you know, hence we get rebels, you know, with with all of them and everything, you know, our heroes and stuff on the, um, the ghost. Um, and we get like, you know, just just a bunch of people wanting to um, to, to to help, you know, overthrow like the, the empire and stuff. Um, we see stormtroopers this episode. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, rem remember that was the, the that was the whole idea of the heist, right? Outside of getting the money, was kicking the hornet's nest because yeah. they wanted to have this presence to where the empire ratcheted down on these planets. So there's no sense of safety anymore, right? There's no well, there's no sense of independence. It's this mm -hmm. tyranny over top of you, right? As as Marva said. They're already here. So, Cassian, where else are we going to go? You know, there's right. nowhere to run. Right. The, the Empire is now employing stormtroopers, which aren't clone troopers. So now they're beefing up their, their military, right? Because now they can't allow these independent factions to rule their planets. I need to – Palpatine needs to have his control over there. So now we're starting to see, as we saw um, the uh, Star Destroyer uh, show up on that previous planet, I'm sure, to do the inquest as far as the heist. That, um, how cool was that? That's something yeah. awesome. Yeah, uh, I was I was hoping you know, in the atmosphere. I mean, you know, I really like held many hope out. That was like, is Vader on that? Because like this is a major <laughs> thing, right? So who are you going to send, right? Who who's going to send out to like do the inquest? Oh, I, I think was Vader like, would do a great job here. That's what I'm saying. Will that be? I mean, they might swerve around it, but essentially, that's who I thought was on there. Like, if you're going to send a star destroyer there, I'm sure it's going to be Vader or Tarkin, one of the two, right? I mean to bring the start the whole star destroyer out of orbit and right. through the atmosphere like that. And 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 you know, we talked about I think last week, you know, DP, you said you know, TIE Fighter from the ground is terrifying and moving so fast and loud and it's crazy. Well, the Star Destroyer is like that, it's like a mountain flying through the air. It's like the, the beginning of uh Independence Day or something like that. It's insane. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's this it's this it's this muscle, this statement of muscle. And you see the the way that the the tribal people that are that are the natives of this place. Are walking around with like you know, like shorn like you know woolen scarves and crap like that and like sticks. And these guys are flying in a, a whole you know a whole star destroyer worth of you know death <laughs> to this place. And 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 it's it's you know it's very 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 ominous. And it echoes 
you know, we talk about how how I like tying things back to the original Star Wars, the Spirit of Seventy Seven. I call it that whole you know moment of shock and awe at how exactly how powerful the Empire is echoes that first shot of uh, A New Hope, where we you know have the tracking shot of the uh, Star Destroyer flying over the camera. Uh, that is you know the Emperor the Emperor showing up in you know in the form of the Emperor's military might is always impressive. And uh, I hope you guys are right. Invader is on that thing because that would be the uh, the spoiler of the uh, that would be the uh, twist of the year, I think, in Star Wars for sure. But would he? Would he? We at this point would the Emperor waste resources like that? Because right now, it's like a yeah, it was a robbery, like like Cassian said, nothing more, nothing less a robbery that failed and they all died. That's what he told his mother. Mm -hmm. So would the emperor really waste Vader's no technique? I don't know. I don't this? think he would. No, no. But I think it's nothing central, nothing taxi point your finger at. Okay. Deal with that. Because right. this thing is like, you know, spread like, you know, you can't pinpoint rebels are hiding, you know, they're, they're, they're like, you know, you're trying to stomp out weeds and stuff. You can't, you know, just do one weed and expect everything to just, just be done. No, that's just, just, just not how it goes. So no, he, I, I mean, he wouldn't waste the resources until something just pops his head up, and you can be like, okay, well, you need to dispatch, or he needs to dispatch Vader over there to, you know, handle an issue, which is what he's already doing. We see in the comics and stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, they've already levied the punishment, right? He's, every system has to pay for it, the lost money, which is crazy. Five right? times. Wow. Five times more than right. they've stolen. Wow. Five <laughs> times. You talk about it. You talk about your your local taxes going up. Someone <laughs> someone needs to tell the Empire about the Streisand effect. And uh, you know, the more you the more you protest against something, the more attention you call to it, right? It's uh, named after someone someone said something defamatory about Barbara Streisand and she sued them and then now people all people talk about is that someone said something defamatory about her and they don't care about you know who won the outcome of the thing. So you just end up publicizing the wrong thing. So the more you try to you know strike back against these guys, the more you call attention to the fact that you were asleep on the job and let these guys steal all this money. And if you're asleep on the job and you can let these guys steal all this money, why should anybody be afraid of you to the point where they won't rebel? Or be afraid of the point where they won't, you know, they'll just pay their taxes. Why would you pay your taxes to somebody who you don't want to pay your taxes to? They can't make you. Like, let me, let me put it to you guys this way. If right now Vladimir Putin said, hey, guys, you all owe me 100 bucks," you'd probably all tell him to kiss ass, right? Like, we don't say exactly that. You know why? Because he can't do nothing to us. That's how it is. So the emperor has to has to exert control, or else the next time they the emperor goes for tribute, there these star systems are going to say no, do whatever they want, and then guess what? You're not the emperor anymore. If people don't do what you tell them. Mm -hmm. so You're you some think, guy. What do you think is going to be the what is going to be that step, Steel City? What is the emperor going to do now to have that happen to elicit that reaction? That the next time when he asks for what is owed him, like what is Caesar gonna do right now, so that when Caesar asks for the money, Caesar gets it? What is the emperor gonna do? 
So what Caesar did, <laughs> it's the and he's stuff. probably still doing. So Caesar at one time hmm. was uh, he was going to Athens to study um, logic and uh, rhetoric uh, at the academy there, and he was kidnapped by pirates. And Caesar was like 24, 25 years old. He hadn't really done anything in his career and his family had some money. And so they said, all right, we're going to ask him for like, you know, 30, 30 pieces of silver for you. And he said, no, 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 no. Ask him for 60. And he said, ask him for more money. And then while, while he was their captive, he would write them poems about how he was going to come back and find them and crucify every last one of them. And he would say it in a tone that made everybody think it was really, really funny. Uh, and then, you know, they raised the ransom and Caesar was freed and he went to Athens and he raised the fleet and he went back and he, he found the pirates and, and he crucified them. But he was very merciful. So Caesar cut all their throats first because he actually did like them. So is the emperor going to take some sort of a, the same sort of stance against this rebellion? Like, is he going to show compassion, but stamp them out? Rebellion's like a cancer boss. I mean, once it starts, it spreads. You gotta, yeah. you gotta cut who, it out. Who is the rebellion at this point that he knows? Of? None, no, yeah, nobody. Right? I, I think they're going to try to paint the rebellion as more of terrorists against the yeah. system, mm -hmm. and that's what he offers protection, right? So they're going to paint them out to be like literally rebel scum, and they're doing bad things to harm. You know. So he, so would the emperor actually have to? In, in he has to do this himself. He has to cause the the public's economy to crash he has to create these things because the rebellion's not going to do it i mean right. mon is not, not going to go in and like destroy uh what's that planet that uh cassian was on uh Nimos, nimosa she's not going to go dry up the beaches and destroy everyone's like like vacation spot yeah but yeah but empire the, the emperor will yeah well you as you've seen with mon mothma said though the Empire is already controlling, you know, galactic credits. Her money is being monitored, you know. They're starting to tighten up banks on other systems. So they're really starting to ratchet down everything. So I think this is the beginning, you know, to they, you they, see. They also have control of the media, too. So it's not like the, the rebels. Mm -hmm. They have, like, you know, a mouthpiece to, to speak. Their own market. They don't have any market, marketing, but just their, you know, their, their exploits and stuff. So they can easily be turned around to be looked at as, like, the rebel scum. You know, you're destroying our way of life, you know, and as this thing lingers on, you know, you get like generations being involved with this stuff that's used to the empire being there, you know, and they're growing up on this and they don't know like how things were before, you know, the empire took over and stuff. So it gets real, it gets real, it gets real curious, <laughs> you know, the, the longer this whole thing just lasts. I wonder if we'll see the, um, the, the home planet for the rebellion, right? Because essentially they're going to have to find a means to communicate with others and make a base. I wonder if we see that. I mean, maybe that's season two. It's, it's still early. So they're still kind of hashing out how they're going to handle this and, and get funds. But eventually I think that's where we see everybody head to is maybe a headquarters. I mean, they alluded to it. The messages are sending to communicate. That's getting really tight, right? The, the empire is on different channels and, and their communication means every message is, is literally, a, you know, can be a death wish for them. But they, what, is, what is Coruscant at this point? Like, Coruscant? They, yeah, Coruscant. What is, um, okay, because they made a, a reference that, okay, you're here at this place and everything, sort of like on the outside looking in and everything, you know, 
Um, did I did, was was that referenced in that type of, of vein, or did I just miss something? You know, during this episode, it was in the scene where she was talking about. Um, it was like her daughter's walking into the scene and everything, and um, they were having like a conversation on like you know them being on Coruscant, um, and and the like and everything. I, I forget. I got to watch the episode again. But well, Coruscant is just the center of the galaxy. I mean, it's where everything is controlled, and I think the Emperor still has maintains control there, and that's the house. Okay. That's his house. Especially the White House, right? It's Washington D.C. It's yeah. right. Whoever, like, whoever yeah. controls Coruscant is seen as being the like the legitimate governor of the galaxy yeah. traditionally after. And, and, Republic. and is Palpatine, Palpatine at this point still seen as a senator, or is he now is he now full fledged? He, he declared himself emperor during the events of. Yeah. Uh, event. What is he now? Supreme Chancellor now, right? So he's, he's like the head. Now he's emperor under the first galactic empire. So, so is he at this point where, like, how we've seen in Rebels, um, that he's like, um, you know, on the TV and everything, and you know, we see his like talking head and stuff just. Yakking, yakking it up. He's it. He is it. Okay. (laughs) And he's been winning for a long time. You know, no one's been challenging the emperor for quite some time. I wouldn't. I mean, he's he's got all the answers. You ask him a question, he knows what to say. And if he doesn't, and if he doesn't know what to say, he'll just cut you in half. Right. I mean, it was Zapia. And this guy with a magic sword just comes out of nowhere and just takes. Yeah, well, okay. I guess I guess they they have all the answers. We'll just uh, we'll just follow those guys then. <laughs> you know, one thing that's interesting is you know we talked. I was talking earlier about how the empire is creating a pretext for their for their oppression to work. One wonders that if the degree to which Palpatine is reacting to this is is his correct premonition that the that this rebellion will spell his doom because he's right. If he if he doesn't stop this, it's gonna get him, right? That's what happens. Get him. Yeah, yeah. And he sees yeah. that. He saw that already. He sees where there's a there's a bacteria, there's an infection that that gets hold and rots his whole plan from the inside out. And that's how it happens. That's how rebellions happen. That's that's how it is. So if he's seeing all this and everything, um He's still he's still laying the track to where he just his his, his demise is just inevitable, you know. Mm-hmm. If he if he's just seeing all this, like you know, he he knows all the 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 road to his like whole demise and everything. So he doesn't do anything to try to change that. If he's seeing that, well, he's moving the wrong direction, right? Because you know, it, if you if you read enough about the different revolutions that have happened over time. And, and Mike Duncan on the revolutions podcast is summarizing his uh, like the last 10 years of work on that show. And he's, he's been talking about these things that revolutions have in common. And one of the things he talked about is the old, the old regime or the, the, the previous government. And essentially, you know, governments exist because they're functioning correctly. You know, Palpatine is the head of government of the galaxy because he was strong enough to pull that position, which means he's, he's very competent. Uh, mm-hmm. the, for people to support an alternate government, they have to be getting something missing in the way of services. Uh, the United States government, as we're all probably sitting here thinking is doing a fine enough job of providing us with the roads and whatever that we need. And I know none of us are considering supporting an alternative, <laughs> an alternative option, right? 
if those things changed, that might change our willingness to transgress against the government. Um, it's important that the rebellion also get this unrest because, again, if things are copacetic and stuff's fine, the government doesn't even have to be oppressive. They don't have to go into these extreme measures to to do anything because there's no necessity. So until that necessity is created, the rebellion really isn't going to be able to, to go mainstream. So Palpatine, by creating the impetus for the rebellion, is creating a self-fulfilling prophecy. There we go. That's what I meant to say. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. He he gets a little greedy. And greedy. You're not too greedy, Sheev. <laughs> <laughs> you could have had He's 98 in his execution, though. You know, up in, the guy with the magic sword comes. It's also, yeah. It's also yeah. It's an interesting time. But that's how mm. things fail because he tried to control too much. He yeah. tried to have have it all, and and everything was spread so far out. And mm. well, look at look at look at history. Look at look at Germany. Nazi well, what usually that's not just Nazi Germany. These revolutionary governments have a tendency to um, be radicalized. And then they go into a mode of self-protection that causes them to purge themselves inside. And usually there are external enemies. And that's generally the pretext for the oppression is that there's some enemy at the gates that's banging down the doors. Uh, in the prequel trilogy, this was the, the separatists were. They were, the, they were that threat. And so when there's an imminent threat of military peril, that's when you can do things like for the French government during the French Revolution the reign of terror, when you can justify, you know, the levee on mass and conscripting lots and lots of people. Um, and, you know, this is causes an overreach. And usually that's what causes, um, well, the government to topple. And then generally it falls into the hands of a strong man like Napoleon. And then that government overreaches and the whole thing gets toppled. So, so revolution oftentimes becomes cyclical but the thing is palpatine's revolution really was a palace coup where he just changed the name on the like on the, the billboard you know from from mcdonald's to mcarnold's or whatever and uh mcsheaves it's funny because that's that's what that supervisor is is accused of overreach yeah, overstepping their bounds and going outside of the model where actually she's the one with the answer. She sees what's happening and she sees well, that's, that's where the commander was like very smart and like, you know, picking her because they need those type of people. You know, I mean, it's one thing to have yes men, <clears throat> but it's another thing to have people to have actually ideas to make to move things. To, new to, ideas, new ideas. Yeah. And everything. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when you have an idea, people don't like it. Man, I this listen, guys, this happens to me all the time. It's like the maybe if in fact, if I had to write an autobiography, I might actually make that the title. Sometimes you'll have an idea people won't like. <laughs> <laughs> of course, no one would read it because no one no one would like it. Uh I think I think this is a deft exploration of, of what that reach looks like. And I think the, the message being sent to the uh, ISB is very clear. There's no such thing as an overreach when you're being a, a zealot and the empire. The emperor is, let's not forget, a god king of the of the galaxy. I mean, we, we've seen 
the intimate revelations of Palpatine's ultimate master plan, and that is to become the God King of the Galaxy, like something out of Dune or, or something like that. That's what that's what Palpatine's trying to do. That's where he wants to go. Yeah. Uh, so to he's get evil. there, he's very evil. He's an evil dude, right? Super devious. I, super evil. I would love to see. I'd love love to see more scheming Palpatine, just like in the general stuff. Like you know, just yeah. just in general, being like, no, I know how to do it, and he just gets all manipulative for no reason. Uh, <laughs> I love this. You know, I, we talked a little bit about how this this high situation is like a good fella situation, and I and I love that. Like, I love that Cassian isn't busted because he gets like uh, he does some mistake or he's like you know too flashy with the money or someone sees a credit or someone marries Sue something or one of these threads tracks him down. Yeah. It's just he's around. <laughs> he's just there. So okay, we need to. Um. Oh, you've been here. And he just gets arrested for no reason. That is classic. He's a tourist. Classic, yeah, tourist. Yeah, I'm a tourist. Tropey stuff. I mean, you gotta love it where they just sub subvert, you know, the tropes that you usually see in these mm -hmm. other shows, and it just ends up being just a new thing here. But it makes sense because of the world that we're in. But his mama did say there would be days like this, like literally right before she said, that's going to happen. And it happened. So like, I mean, you know, I, I love my mother, but I would not, I mean, I, I don't know that I'd ever tell her she got such a, landed such a direct told you so. <laughs> like, call me like that. I keep that Cassian, is Cassian, does he have the wherewithal to realize that what he's done or what he helped do is, is um, generating all this, that, um, that is, this is a reaction to what, what he did. What, what him and the crew did as far yeah. as like arrests and everything. After she after she told him, I think he caught on. And then after the fact that he went to see his now we know ex girlfriend, she's like, listen, like it's just, it's the rebellion has started. Like you're not safe. Like we're not safe at all. Everybody's on to us. I think he's learning the stakes. And yeah, probably this next episode in jail, he'll really realize the stakes yeah. of the heist. And it wasn't just a heist, really. Um, there were you know more ties to it. So I, I really think it's that. ultimate motivation now. Okay, right. you arrested being arrested for no reason, you know, and this is the empire that's doing this. So right. whereas how he was like, okay, I, I don't know which way I'm going to go, or he just was agnostic, you know, to like the whole situation. Now he's in a situation where you know he's confined and not not able to do anything, and there's a reason for it. Yeah. So. You know that there's a there's an episode in the American Revolution. I, I love bringing up the history here, so I'm going to keep doing it until T. Mitchell like passes out or or DP oh, no. like just throw, <laughs> throws a baseball in my face. Uh, but there's this episode in the American Revolution. Perhaps some of you have heard of it. Uh, it's called the Boston Tea Party. You, you you guys know know you're all familiar with this. This is a larceny on a massive scale, and <clears throat> I dare say that if I could prove that I was a member of the Boston Tea Party in Boston in, say, 1792, that that would be worth something to the people in Boston, that I would be a person that they would venerate. They call me a hero. They call me someone that was a fire starter. And look, maybe I was just a guy that hated tea. I don't like tea very much. Maybe I just wanted to smash some stuff up. Maybe I had ulterior motives. Maybe someone paid me to go out there on that boat. But you know what doesn't matter anymore? None of that. Because I'm a hero because I did something that is a flashpoint for the rebellion and you can't take, you can't untie me from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think what may happen, I mean, Cassian may be about to get some notoriety. I mean, he's a person that rebelled against, you know, he, he flabbergasted the corpse. He flabbergasted the Imperials. He stole the payroll. I mean, 
that's that's a that's a that's a lot that's a lot of stuff that's a resume you yeah, know what i mean it's a big ticket that's like james bond stuff already and he's just like getting started yeah, right. Now he's gonna go to prison, like in that one James. I would love to just start saying, like, like that one James Bond movie, The Rock. <laughs> you guys know about that secret theory, right? I mean, we all know that the secret theory that that character is really a James Bond from like uh, You Only Live Twice or something like that. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. But no, I mean, it's your historical, your knowledge of history. It's it's really it's really refreshing to hear it in these shows and even the parallels in Star Wars because we understand that. You know a lot of the tropes and, and a lot of the plot armor that, that Lucas and, and and team did when they wrote these, but to see the parallels when you tie this into ancient civilization, it's it's really smashing the face, right? It's you know it's a repeat of history, you know whether it's in yeah. you know our current time or a galaxy exactly. far far away, right? Right. You see yeah. how parallel these stories are and how they're told literally time and time and time again. That uh, you know. It's a circle of life, right? It's always going to come back center at some point. Hey, if, if you don't know your history, you're you're doomed to what? Repeat it. Right. So, definitely, definitely really enjoyed this episode. And as we said, I mean, it's a teammate on a teammate. So we're seven out. We're seven for seven right now. So we're batting a thousand, right? These have been good. We're batting like, a thousand. There were there was like you know what last week uh, I think I said this. Is that when we did the uh, the Obi Wan show, we noticed that after the big uh, sort of main fight between Obi Wan and Vader there in Episode Three ish, there was a real letdown the week after, yeah. and I did not, under any circumstances, feel that with uh, with Andor this week. I thought that they, no. they kept the tension rolling right along. Right. Yeah, yeah, you got the big high stuff, and now we're seeing like the the aftershocks, the after effects. We're seeing like the results of it. And that's that's exciting in itself to see. Wow, we're seeing all the river you know, reverberations of it. it. Every scene had a point. There was, mm-hmm. there was uh, you know, there was a there was a detail in every scene in this episode, whether it was Mon Mothma at her party or Cassian and his mother. I mean, it, there was a point to every interaction between every character. Something, something built on the story. It was mm-hmm. some detail, so I think that's that's what it was. There was there wasn't a throwaway scene. Well, it episode. was something built on what happened in the previous episode. Yes, yeah. It was that that detail. Virtually every scene that you're talking about was a response to what happened, you know, during that heist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the aftermath, like in the said. aftermath. Well, this this is an aftermath episode. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, guys, we have an exciting week next week. We have episode eight, obviously, um, Tales of the Jedi premiere as well. So we'll see how we kind of break Ooh. it. And I, and I believe they're they're going to release all eight. They're like short stories. So mm. when I read, I think they're just going to put it all on Disney Plus and let you, I guess, you know, binge yeah. watching. So we'll figure out a way to kind of break down as we usually do the Andor episode. And we'll also do something for that Tales of the Jedi for you guys as well. So, right. Keep your eyes peeled, as DP said, to our Facebook. Make sure you smash the like on the video, as always. And until next week, guys, this is the way. This is the way.